good morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We welcome you back to the series entitled Questions or the Questions of Pentecost. So last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday and we began looking at a series of questions that many times we have when it comes to Pentecost. Last week we looked at the what question, as in what is Pentecost? We are a Pentecostal movement in the Assemblies of God. And, and so what, what does that mean to be Pentecostal? What is Pentecost? What is the day of Pentecost? What do we mean when we speak about the baptism in the Holy Spirit? So we, we tried to answer a lot of those what questions. Now, next week is going to be extremely practical as well. Next week is going to be the how question. A lot of questions about, well, how can I seek after the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And, and what would be some principles on how I can receive? Now, we, we talked last week about the fact that this is a gift. It's a promise of the Father. And so this isn't a, a definite if you do X, Y, and Z. It's a guarantee because it's a gift. But we know that the Father desires to give and bestow this gift on his children. And so what would be some biblical principles on how we can put ourselves in a position where we are able to receive this gift, the baptism in the Holy Spirit? So next week will be a lot about how. And then the following week, we're going to be looking at this question called, now what? If you are a Christian and baptized in the Holy Spirit or refilled in the Holy Spirit, now what? How ought we to live as a Christian, baptized in the Holy Spirit? What should our life be like? So we've looked at the what, next week the how, eventually the, well, now what or what's next? This morning we're going to be looking, well, at another interesting and, and important topic, an important question called, why? Anybody ever asked that question? Anybody ever heard that question before? Uh, if you've had little ones around the house, right, children or grandchildren, uh, you would hear that question, why, asked all the time. Why is the sky blue? Why this and, and why that? And asking questions about colors and, and dogs and animals and numbers and letters and, I mean, you give an answer, and you think you have everything perfectly shared. And what's the follow-up? But why? So you dig back into your mind, and, and you come up with a, another great thought, another great sharing. But why? So this morning, the, the series or the topic is why, as in why should I seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Because last week we... We looked at what it was, what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is, and, and how it was on the day of Pentecost, and what Pentecost is and represents. And, and so we looked at the what. This morning, we're going to look at the why. Why should we seek? Why should we desire to be baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit? Important questions. Because we might look at this and, and say, well, well, why should I seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit? A very simple, a very common answer might be, well, because we're in a Pentecostal church. The Assemblies of God is a Pentecostal church. But the natural reaction would be, 
But why? Well, because we look to the Word of God, and as we explained last week, Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, baptism in the Holy Spirit is biblical. The natural question would be, but why? See, you're getting it. You know, the older we get, the more we, we get away from being a child, the, the less inquisitive we are. Have you found that? Children have so many questions. And then as, as we get older and older, sometimes we tend to stop asking some of these questions. So we'll, we'll help to revisit that, that childlike nature this morning, okay? So just when in doubt, just say why. Okay. Why? Because. There we go. So the Assemblies of God teaches and believes it. Why? Because it is biblical. Why? We are taking a look last week. John the Baptist foretold. He said, there's someone coming after me. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus himself talked about it. Paul himself wrote about it. And so these are things, it's the promise, it's the command of the Lord. It is something that is from the Bible. The promise, promise of the Father, command of the Son. And so we're going to look at just a handful of reasons why we ought to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, it is for the Christian. This is something, as we talked about last week, it is a separate and distinct work of the Holy Spirit. As a Christian, yes, we have the Holy Spirit living in our hearts and our lives. As we took a look last week, particularly at some of the scriptures in Acts, particularly in Acts chapter 19 was one, where Paul said, listen, have you received the Holy Spirit, this baptism in the Holy Spirit, since you've believed? They said, oh, these were disciples. They said, we don't know anything about this. And so as he began and, and he taught and, and prayed, they were baptized. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. So this is for the Christian. If you're not a Christian, you'll have an opportunity to give your life to the Lord at the end of this service. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's the promise. It is the gift for all believers. And so as we take a look at this, why would a Christian, what would be the reason, what would be some answers to the why ought I to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit? That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. First and foremost, why should we seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit? It's to receive power to be a witness. Now, we're going to look at a handful of things, but this is probably the number one reason. As we take a look in Scripture, I'll direct you to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is Jesus himself. It's going to be in red letters in your Bible. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He said, you'll receive power. Now, we read that. He's not talking about you know, physical strength and buffness and roughness and toughness. It's a spiritual power. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, in and of ourselves, our own nature is often that we tend to do things 
against God or away from God. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to equip us to serve God and accomplish the task and the mission that he's given to us. The mission, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, we often refer to it as the Great Commission. Again, this is Jesus' instructions. He says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Does that sound like a pretty tall task? He says to go and make disciples of all nations. Or Mark might say, go into all the world. That's a pretty tall task, pretty tall order, right? It's not just go to one house next door and you're done. Go into all the world. Go to all nations. I've now been to three nations. United States, Canada, Tanzania, partly in another nation in the airport. There's a whole lot of other nations to go, right? So this is a task beyond our ability. We can't do it in and of ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit's power to be able to accomplish this task. Because the task is greater than the resources we have. How many of you have resources to reach every single person in the world for Jesus? You have the resources, have the strength, the energy, the effort, the opportunity. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. We can't fulfill this promise of the Great Commission until we follow through with the command the instruction of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's that source of strength. It's that source of power for our life and service. Enables us to live with the Holy Spirit's power, living life and serving God to the fullest. Here's what that entire verse reads, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's that primary purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's power, not just power to be powerful, not just power to say, look what I got. It's power to be a witness. Power to reach others for Christ. Somebody help me out. What is a witness? What's a witness? Yell it out. Spokesman for the Lord. On a simple level, a witness tells what they see and know, right? Yeah. Anybody ever watched a crime drama or a, uh, a courtroom drama on TV or a movie or something, and they call witnesses to the courtroom, right? What is a witness to declare? A witness is to share what I've seen, what I know, what I've heard. I'm going to testify to all the stuff that I know. 
And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share to the very best of my ability what I know about this situation. And you might be called up uh, about whatever the lawyers would call you up about. And you're answering truthfully what you know. We are called to witness, but we're going to have power to be able to do that. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be a witness. You'll testify. You will share all that you know where? Jerusalem, which is right where they were, and in all Judea, larger area, and Samaria, larger area, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, that task of being a witness, that task of testifying, that task of sharing what you see and have heard and what you know, being that spokesperson for the Lord, you'll have the Holy Spirit's power and equipping to do that wherever you go. The people that you meet, you are able to testify and share about God. Now, he says, to the ends of the earth, that's all peoples. Now, to some, some people would say, man, I would, I would talk to and I would share with and I would testify to the person next door, but in no way do I want to go to some foreign country and talk to somebody. I don't want to get outside my comfort zone. I want to stay right here in my neighborhood. Then there'd be other people who are the exact opposite. Man, I'd go to some other country before I'd talk to my neighbor about Christ. It's not either or. You've got to understand that. It's both and. We've got to reach people in our immediate communities, neighbors and friends and family and those in our, in our surrounding areas and communities. We are to be a witness. We are to testify to them about the good news of Jesus Christ. But as well, we ought to minister and witness and be a blessing and reach people around the world. Now, certainly a part of that is through our missionaries. We receive BGMC offerings, and, and that helps missionaries around the world. Speed the Light offerings, that helps missionaries around the world. Our regular missions giving, and certainly we encourage you to do that any week, every week. There are missionaries in countries that we might never get to. But simply because they are there, that does not remove the opportunity or the obligation or the task for you and I to witness and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need the Holy Spirit's power to be equipped to do that. More than likely, when it comes to sharing our faith and witnessing, anybody ever get just a wee little bit nervous? No hands. Everybody is bold. Bold-faced liars? I'm not sure which. <laughs> Maybe that second one, bold-faced liars. If we're being honest, I would venture to say everybody, me included at some point, we have been a little hesitant, a little, a little, oh, I'm not sure if I can do this, God. If we're being honest, come on now. Say amen or ouch, and there better be a bunch of ouches coming out. It's a challenge. We need the equipping, we need the empowering of the Holy Spirit to help us be a witness, to testify of what we've seen and heard and know about Christ. Holy Spirit 
helps in, in that passion and that power and that boldness to speak and to share about Him. Here's what Acts chapter 4, verses 31 and 33 read. So Jesus speaks to them in, in chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be a witness. Acts chapter 2 then was the day of Pentecost. We read about that last week. When the Holy Spirit came, they spoke in tongues. And all these people from all these lands, all these nations, they heard them speaking in their own language. Just a couple chapters later, chapter 4, verse 31, it says, After they, these disciples, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. There's power there. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. It was not just a one-time occurrence that people were baptized in the Holy Spirit and that's it, that's done, that's the rest of time, one opportunity. No, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and then following that, they spoke. What did they speak? Their own words? The Word of God. They're testifying to the Word of God and doing so timidly? No. It was with a boldness. They were doing so boldly. The power of the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit, is boldness and power to be a witness. And just a couple verses later, verse 33, it says this, With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. They had experienced something incredible. They were witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now being baptized, being filled with the Holy Spirit, there was this boldness to testify, proclaiming with power what Jesus had done. All that they had seen and heard and experienced power to witness. You see... Why are, why are we to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? It's so much more than a little checkbox. It's not just that we can say, I'm a Christian, or I'm in a Pentecostal church, so let me check the box off that I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues. I did that once, so I'm good to go. Jesus didn't say, you will check off the box when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, he said, you'll receive power and you'll be witnesses for me. And it's not just here. It's, it's not just in the nearby community and it's not just far across the world. It's everywhere that you go. We are to be a witness testifying. So it's not just the matter of saying, I've checked the box off. I've experienced that. Okay, I've given my life to Jesus. Check. I was baptized in water, fully immersed in front of everybody. It was a public baptism, check. I show up to church, check. I open up my Bible every so often, check. I pause and pray at least before my meals for food, check. It's more than just have I checked off the boxes. This is about power. It's about power to accomplish a task we can't do on our own. 
Because on our own, it seems pretty monumental to reach the world for Christ. I mean, it's enough just to, to start with Alger, a small community of Alger. We need the Holy Spirit's power to reach Alger and then the surrounding areas and the, the state and the region, the, much less the world. We can't do this on our own. We need Holy Spirit's power. So it's not just about the checkbox. It's not just about saying, okay, I got that tongues thing. Now, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the initial physical evidence is speaking in other tongues, speaking in other languages. And throughout the, the book of Acts, there are some very specific examples and some very implied examples Five different passages in the book of Acts that show and confirm after they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they spoke in other languages, they spoke in other tongues. Sometimes that's all we focus on is, okay, I need to check that box because being baptized in the Holy Spirit means you speak in that other language, so I got to speak in tongues so I can check that box off. It's not just about saying, I did that speaking in tongues thing. However, speaking in tongues, speaking in another language indicates we've been baptized and received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But it's not just about saying, okay, I did it. You heard me. I heard me. Now I must, now I must be an approved Christian. Now I'm a mature spiritual Christian and I can look down on people who don't have that. It's not about that. It's power to be a witness. Not power to have an impressive spiritual resume. Power to be a witness. Power to share with family members who don't know the Lord. Power to share the Lord with them. Power to reach your world. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost ends of the earth. How many of you live in Jerusalem? How many, how many of you live in Samaria, Judea, no hands yet. Okay, how about this one? How many of you live somewhere on the ends of the earth? Hands raised, there we go. Doesn't matter where we are, where we live, we have an opportunity to reach our world for Jesus, and we need the empowerment, we need the equipping, we need the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's not about checking off the box. It's, it's not just about saying I spoke in tongues, though that's that initial physical evidence. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is power and equipping to speak to lost people. Let me put it to you this way. If we can trust God to order our words in the spiritual language as he baptizes us in the Holy Spirit... How much more can we trust him to order our words in our own language in communicating to unbelievers about Jesus? It's about power to be a witness. It's not just to say, God, I trust you. I want to receive this gift. And as I submit to you and surrender to you, and you baptize me in the Holy Spirit, and, and I begin to speak in this language that I don't know, I trust you to guide and to direct, to use me, my voice, my lips, my tongue as I speak out. God, I'm trusting you. I'm going to speak by faith what you give to me. 
It's not just trusting that. It's saying, God, I trust you. When I communicate with people who don't know the Lord, I trust you're going to equip, you're going to help me to share and through the power of the Holy Spirit to communicate and testify to your truth. Because let's face it, both can be a little scary, right? For some of you who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, maybe you look back to that experience. Maybe you were young, maybe, maybe you were an adult, but that experience of seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit and, and kind of that surrender, knowing that you'd speak in another language, but knowing as well the Holy Spirit doesn't come upon us like a robot. He doesn't just take over our body and we have no control. It's our body, our tongue, our voice, our lips. The Holy Spirit equips and empowers and gives us those, those words, those phrases in another language that doesn't quite make sense. And so there's some of that faith and that trust to begin to speak out what the Lord gives to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we can trust him to do that in us, how much more can we trust him to guide and direct our steps and our words, our speech and our conversation as we share and testify to the goodness of Jesus Christ? So why this huge main reason, Acts 1.8, Jesus himself says, it's power to be a witness. Look at a couple of other things as well, and we're going to get into an opportunity of you responding to the Lord this morning. Not only is it power to be a witness, but another part of that is this. We can help experience a greater sensitivity, greater sensitivity. In one area, it might enable us to have a greater sensitivity to sin that creeps into our lives. Jesus said this in John 16, verse 8, that when he, meaning the counselor, the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, again, when we give our lives to Jesus Christ at salvation, the Holy Spirit lives within us. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, there's that overflowing, that fullness of the Holy Spirit, and no doubt a greater sensitivity to sin in our lives, to things that would displease God, to where hopefully there's that greater sensitivity that we do the things that God is desiring and we shun or avoid the things that displease God. Be more, more aware of God's will and God's direction and, and being sensitive to the Lord. Being sensitive to his word. The Bible comes from the Spirit of God. 2 Peter chapter 1, 21 speaks about that. So through the power of the Holy Spirit, he enables us and helps us and equips us to understand God's word. Back to John 16, Jesus said that when he, the Spirit of truth, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. So hopefully there's a, a greater sensitivity to sin and, and avoiding the things that, that take us and keep us from God, a greater sensitivity to God and to his word, hopefully a greater understanding and a greater sensitivity about the needs of others. Spirit 
helps us to see into the hearts and needs of hurting people. Here's what the Bible says about Jesus in Matthew 9:36. It says, when he, meaning Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Not only is it the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness, I believe there's also a greater sensitivity to see needs in others. As the Holy Spirit would equip, as the Holy Spirit would empower, as the Holy Spirit would lead or nudge, and sometimes the Holy Spirit would lead you to maybe be an encouragement, maybe be a comfort, maybe be a blessing, maybe strengthen and and come alongside of. As we see through the Spirit's power and equipping lives who need touched by the Lord. Greater sensitivity. So it's power to be a witness, opportunity to be greater in our sensitivity to the Lord. Finally, why should we be baptized? Why should we seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit? To live a life of obedience. To live a life of obedience. We touched on this last week. Remember that this was the command and instruction, not a mere suggestion. I think many times that's the way that it can be treated. It's, it's kind of the optional thing. How many of you know it doesn't matter whether you're uh, in a restaurant getting a meal or uh, buying a car that has options? Sometimes we simply look for the base model. No, I don't want to spend extra for the salad. I'll just get the regular dinner. No, I don't want that extra option or that extra package on that car. Just give me the car. And so we look to things and say, okay, I just want the basics, not all that extra stuff. Sometimes that becomes our attitude or our approach spiritually. Because we say, okay, I've got the basics. I have given my life to Jesus in salvation. I'm going to heaven, right? Yes. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is not a requirement for salvation. Remember, it follows salvation. And so in in some cases, in, in some Christians, maybe that might describe some of you today, in your life you said, okay, I'm good. I've given my life to Jesus. I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for years, maybe for decades, but I'm not real sure about all that other stuff. Maybe you've not sought after or heard about or understood or comprehended the the, the power to be a witness of the Holy Spirit. There's a, a lot in our Christian walk that follows salvation true i mean as we look to the word of god god's word is is faithful god's word teaches us a lot after salvation we don't just stop and say i'm good i mean we're good because we're forgiven but so much more to do so much more that we can serve the Lord and serve others and grow and grow and grow. And the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a part of that process. Much like 
baptism in water. Water baptism. Do you have to be baptized in water to make it to heaven? It's not a requirement for salvation, but God's word is very clear that it should follow salvation. Jesus was pretty clear. He said, go and and make disciples and baptize them. So it's a part of the instructions of Jesus. And yet, in much the same way, many times people as a Christian would say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm saved. I don't know if I want that extra stuff. I don't know if I want to go up there in front of everybody, get dunked in a pool, get my hair all wet, my clothes all wet, and everybody in the church to see me? No, thank you. I'm, I'm good being a saved, salvation-experiencing Christian. And so many times we look to this and say, these are extras. These are options that, you know, you can, you can't do whatever you want. Yet when we look at water baptism, Jesus instructs us, Jesus commands us, Jesus himself is our pattern, model, and example. We should, following salvation, be baptized in water. It's a part of, oh, we don't, we don't like this word. I'm going to say it anyway. It's a part of obedience. Now, we use that word a lot with others, Children, grandchildren, family, co-workers. Obey, obey, obey. And then many times it comes to us, and, eh, that if you want to. Water baptism follows salvation. It's a step of faith and a step of obedience. And in much the same way, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is part of that obedience. Remember, Luke 24, 49, Jesus told the disciples, stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. He said, don't go anywhere. Stay right here. For what? You're going to be clothed with a checkbox? No, power Power from on high, power to to testify, power to be a witness. But it's it's an instruction. It was a command. You stay. You receive power from on high. Jesus repeats it, Acts 1-4. He says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Now, we know that when something is repeated, it tends to be important. In other words... Something is important when you tend to repeat it. Or put another way, it's important so we repeat things. Are we all clear? Okay. Here's Jesus twice towards the end of his life before he is resurrected. He's saying to his disciples, don't do anything, don't go anywhere, stay here. You're going to be equipped. You're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive power, clothed with power. It's an instruction. It's a command. Jesus didn't say, um, yeah, disciples, if there's no big sales going on in the mall, if there's no big cookouts happening, yeah, I want you to stick around a little bit and see what happens. 
purely up to you, though. It was an instruction. It was a command to his disciples. Now, years later, we see Paul's instruction in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and he follows, this is the end of the verse, he's talking about don't be drunk on wine, don't, don't be a part of those kinds of things. Instead, he says, and this is the instruction, this is the command, be filled with the Spirit. In other words, don't take part in this, but definitely do this. You be filled. So Jesus said it. Jesus repeated it. Paul instructs and commands it. This is pretty clear. Yes, it follows salvation, but it should be that command. It should be that step of faithfulness and obedience to follow. Not just that we would have this this life of power, not just that we would be equipped to share and and the Holy Spirit to encourage and and give some some words to, to share with those who don't know the Lord, not just that we would have that spiritual sensitivity to God and and to his word and and spiritually being sensitive to sin and, and going away from that. Very simply put, we should seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit to be found faithful, to be obedient, live a life of obedience. Three brief things. There's so much more about the Holy Spirit. We're going to stop right there. Why should we seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit? To receive power to be a witness, to experience a greater sensitivity in our lives, and to live a life of obedience. 